regular listener, why not check out our YouTube channel for more Arsenal and general football content. Over there, you can sign up to a Chronicles of Aguna membership, gain access to our exclusive members-only content, as well as our private Discord server. But above all, you'll be supporting me to bring you more content and continue what's been an amazing journey covering the Arsenal so far. Enjoy the show. It's the Chronicles of Aguna. It's the Arsenal podcast and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, good evening, happy Friday evening and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host Harry Simu and on this edition we've got plenty to get through. We're going to be discussing Arsenal's financial results, we'll be bringing to you some of the team news ahead of the trip to Burnley and I'll be previewing that game with my starting 11 and prediction as well as picking up lots of your questions, views and thoughts from the live chat box. Big hello to everybody joining us in the live chat already, hope you're all good um, and of course to those of you either watching this back or listening to this back later on, uh, big hello to each and every one of you too. Um, Let's say some hellos because there are a few of you in the chat already. So big hello to Brad, uh, to Sam, to Omar, to Kaylin, uh, to Gunatel, uh, to Kavil, um, and of course to Xander. Let's uh, let's dig into this Arsenal financial results piece because um, the article was published a little bit earlier on by the club in which they um, they revealed the latest results. So let's. I'm going to share the overview with you. I'm going to share the overview page. You can go on the Arsenal website if you so wish, and you can rummage through 42 pages worth of this financial report. I will do it, um, and I will do it later on, uh, but I'm not going to be taking you guys through all 42 pages on the podcast. It just wouldn't be right. Um, we're going to pick out the highlights from the main page, and uh, I'd love to get your thoughts as well in the live comment section. So uh, let's have a look then. Arsenal financial uh, results reviewed, and the article reads as follows. Arsenal Holdings Limited. I hate that name. It makes us sound like like this big multi-million pound corporation with no soul. You could argue that's what we've become to a degree, but you know what I mean. I just I hate the name Arsenal Holdings, um, and this is the consolidated accounts for the year ending May thirty first, twenty twenty. Now the loss for the year after taxation was forty seven point eight million pounds. That's in comparison to the two thousand and nineteen loss of twenty seven point one million pounds. Look, we all knew that the loss was going to be bigger this time around. I don't think um I don't think there's anybody that didn't expect to see loss that didn't expect to see Arsenal in the red zone given everything that's gone on uh, in the world and everything that's gone on in the world of football you know there's no crowds at games you know there's been um you know there's there's been the impact of that you know there's staff have had to be laid off you know people have been kept in jobs that maybe necessarily aren't um 
I'm not going to say aren't useful, but they're not, you know, they're not actually needed by the club at the moment. And the club are still sort of persisting in the hope that this this whole thing turns around uh, sooner rather than later. So, yeah, look, everybody sensible, I think, expected there to be a loss and everybody expected there to be a bigger loss than the one we suffered last year. Um, So last year, 27.1 million, this time around 47.8 million pounds. Now, they go on to say the financial results have been materially impacted by the coronavirus pandemic and the consequent lockdown and suspension of the 2019-20 football season. Matches from the closing part of the 2019-20 season, including the club winning the Emirates FA Cup for a record 14th time, were completed in the next financial year, ending May 31st, 2021. Pre-tax losses of £35 million were directly attributable to COVID-19. The impacts of the pandemic have extended into the season 2020-21 and are ongoing. Matches continue to be played without fan attendance and consequently the club is operating without one of its key revenue streams. Since the year end, the group has refinanced its stadium finance bonds and undertaken a range of cost-cutting measures. These steps will ensure the club is well-placed to respond once the situation starts to improve. The club continues to have, and this bit they had to get it in, the unwavering support and commitment of its parent company, Cronky Sports and Entertainment, and its ultimate owner, Stan Cronky. So Arsenal reiterating that the Cronkies, KSE, are right behind the club uh, as they navigate through these difficult times. Now, as I said, if you go over to the website, arsenal.com, and you scroll down to the bottom of this page, you can click on and open the full report in PDF format, but it's about 42 pages long. And as I say, I'm not going to delve into that now. Um, one bit I will pick out for you that I have seen is that apparently um, £10.8 million pounds of um, of the loss uh, is due to the sacking and subsequent replacing of uh, of Unai Emery. Now, that is... That has been quoted by a few journalists as well. Um, as I say, I've not gone through the report in, in major detail just yet, um, but we've picked out the highlights and I'm sure if there's anything in there worthwhile calling out, I will call it out on the next stream. Uh, the next stream, of course, being our live watch along tomorrow of the trip to Turf Moor. So uh, Burnley versus Arsenal kickoffs at 12.30pm here in the UK. I'll be live from 12.15, so come and join me for that. Uh, didn't do a watch-along last weekend. Um, you know, maybe it brought us luck. Uh, but we're back tomorrow, so uh, hopefully I can watch the game in some of you guys' company. Um, let's see what you guys are saying on the financial report. Cavill says, Hey Harry, the fact we are so deep in the red zone tells us how important it is to win the Europa and get into the top six. It's life or death. Otherwise, Arteta can't continue the rebuild of the squad. I agree with you, Cavill, that it is so important that we get European football. Um, I've seen people kind of toying with the idea of, oh, you know, but if Arsenal don't get in Europe, then at least we'll have a, a, a better crack at the Premier League. We won't have to contend with midweek fixtures in the Thursday, Sunday turnaround. And I get all of that. But from a financial aspect, Arsenal not being in Europe would be a disaster. And ultimately, I think we all agree that we, in order to get back to where we need to be or where we want to be, we need investment. And the only way that investment is going to come is if Arsenal are picking up revenue from the European competitions. 
Big hello to everybody else joining us in the chat. Hope you're all well. Steffi NYC Guna says, Harry, I think you sent that stomach bug you had a few days ago across the pond to me. I feel much better and glad I can now catch one of your live streams. I hope you're feeling better, Steffi. Um, if I did send it over, I apologize. Um, I got over it pretty quickly, which is the good thing about it. So fingers crossed, if it is the same sort of thing, you'll be uh, you'll be back on your feet in no time. Um couple of new yorkers in the chat says bx gunners uh 81 good to see uh great to see that you guys are joining us um from all over the world and a big hello to john page as well um what else have we got here uh omar says this doesn't surprise me these aren't normal times and losses were always expected completely agree uh sam also said selling players in the summer is going to be massive for us isn't it absolutely uh john says interesting big summer ahead of us uh yeah it's going to be um it's going to be a, a massive summer isn't it and um you know it's going to in many ways shape what what we're capable of achieving next season and um you know i think we got to i think we got to understand that you know these are unprecedented times and maybe in normal times this this rebuild that we keep talking about maybe it would have been accelerated maybe it had been done at a quicker pace maybe it had been done um a little more i guess frivolously maybe arsenal would have been a little bit more open to taking risks in the transfer market taking risks in terms of the amount of money that they lay out but you can understand why they're not going to do that now you know, the future of the club um, is obviously very, very important. And Arsenal won't be the only ones. You know, I, we touched on Liverpool in the, the stream earlier today. And one of the things I said about Liverpool was that I was completely amazed that having lost Vag Virgil van Dijk at the point in the season they did, they didn't go out and, and, and spend a significant amount of money and address that issue. And, you know, maybe it's because of the same reasons. Maybe Liverpool are another club who are feeling the pinch of COVID-19 you know lots of clubs are feeling it every club is feeling it in some way or the other but some of the bigger clubs with the bigger stadiums with the bigger fan bases with um, you know the ones who earn a more substantial portion of their revenue from gate receipts are obviously um, really really suffering at the minute so we have to take all of that into consideration uh, when discussing this stuff Kaylin says um we can make a lot of money from selling players. Yeah, look, there, there are a few assets at Arsenal that we could potentially sell and raise funds. You know, the ones that come to my mind would be Hector Bellerin, you know, Alexander Lacazette, Matteo Genduzzi, Lucas Torreira. You know, you could probably raise 70, 75 million pounds from those guys. And if you can do that and Arsenal as a football club can, um, can top that up a little bit, then... Um, you know, there's no reason why we can't go on and, and have a decent window. And it's not just about who spends the most money. You know, in, in, in some cases, that, that works. Um, you know, you only have to look at Man City, Chelsea, etc. But it's about spending money wisely. You know, Arsenal have spent money in recent years, but they've spent it badly. And that's been the problem. It's that the issue's not been the amount. It's been the way it's been spent. And that is obviously, first and foremost, most important. Uh, Sam says, I can see it being really hard to find buyers with clubs not having lots of money to spend on players, especially foreign clubs without the PL money. Yeah, and it's a really good point. And that's why, you know, when I talked about Matteo Genduzzi earlier and, and, and Arsenal have rumoured to, uh, are rumoured, sorry, to have uh, set a £25 million price tag for Matteo Genduzzi. That's why I turned around and said, 
it's all good setting that price tag, but you know, you got to be aware that you're probably going to do a deal at a much less amount, you know. And and as I said with Guendouzi, in his case where we signed him for seven million pounds, you know, if we get fifteen million for him, we'd still have done incredibly well. We'd have more than doubled our money. But you you got to be realistic, um, and Sam, you're spot on about about the state of the transfer market. Not just what Arsenal are able to do, not just what the Premier League clubs are able to do, but those on the continent as well, who you'd imagine will probably be the most likely to come in and take the likes of Laka, the likes of Torreira, the likes of uh, Ginduzi, if we're able to move those guys out the door. Um, Brad Richardson talks about the fact that there'll probably be a lot of loans with uh, obligations to buy. Yeah, I think that'll probably be a an option that the clubs will use uh, as they look to get creative in the upcoming transfer window for sure. Um, you know, I think that will, that will become a, a more common thing. Certainly. Let's talk about the team news ahead of the game uh, against Burnley. Um, obviously big one in the Premier League as Arsenal look to try and close the gap on that top six. Burnley needing the points for very different reasons, obviously looking to create a, a a greater distance between themselves and the drop zone. Uh, but in terms of team news, all we've got is uh, Emil Smith-Rowe. And um, he was obviously injured in the game against Leicester, went off before half-time with a hip problem. Uh, there was worries about that and, and the severity of that. According to the club, according to Mikel Arteta, uh, a scan has taken place and it's been found that there is no significant injury to Emil Smith-Rowe, but it's not certain that he will feature in the game tomorrow at Turf Moor. So we're going to have to wait and see. He's going to continue to be assessed. That's the official word from the club. And uh, then they will make a decision as to whether he's fit and able to participate in Saturday's game. The other bit of update uh, from the club was with regards to Alex Renarsson, who has recovered uh, from a knee problem and is back in full training. Uh, so those are the only two updates in terms of the team use. So it seems anyway, as though we've got a relatively clean bill of health, uh, which is always good at this stage in the season, particularly with a big game against Olympiacos coming up on um, on a Thursday as well. So uh, lots to think about, lots to focus on. Let me take you through the team that I would play uh, against Burnley and then we'll um, we'll discuss... Uh, predictions and I'd love to hear from you guys as well and feel free to call out on my team uh, as I do it you should be able to see the screen now those of you watching on the video those of you listening via the audio don't worry Uh, you will be talked all the way through it for me the goalkeeper Bern Leno uh, no brainer clearly Arsenal's number one should always play when fit in my opinion so Bern Leno plays in goal for me at right back I'm going with a rested Hector Bellerin. Of course, he was rested in the game against Leicester City and uh, is expected to return back to the side. And at left back, I want to see Kieran Tierney. In the centre of the defence, I'm going to stick with David Luiz. Now, he's been so good of late and I, you know, a lot of people maybe would maybe think that he should be rested. Gabriel wasn't in the side against Leicester. He wasn't even in the squad. Um Based on the fact that there's been no update on him, I'm imagining that he's back in the team. But I'm just not sure uh, about Gabriel at this moment in time. That's not to say that he's not a good defender and he hasn't started life at Arsenal relatively well. But of late, he's looked a little bit off the pace. Hasn't looked quite right. And so I'm going to go with Pablo Marie um, at centre-back alongside David Luiz. That would be my defensive pairing. 
Moving into the midfield, I'm going to go with Granit Xhaka. I'd love in an ideal world, uh, if I was in charge of Arsenal, to be able to say, Granit, you've played a ton of football lately, mate. You deserve a rest because he really, really does. He's one of the few players that seems to play every single game, week in, week out. Granit Xhaka is in the starting lineup. And when people talk about him being not good enough and not up to standard, I always point to that fact. If he was no good, if he wasn't up to standard, if Mikel Arteta didn't rate the bloke, he wouldn't be in the starting eleven every single week. So Granit Xhaka plays for me in the heart of the midfield and having only come on as a substitute for around about 25 minutes, I'd bring Thomas Partey uh, back into the side as well alongside him. So that would be my midfield duo, Granit Xhaka and Thomas Partey. In the number 10 position, we talked a lot about Emil Smith-Rowe and whether he would be fit or not. But regardless of whether or not Emil Smith-Rowe passes that fitness test, I don't want to see him in the starting lineup. I want to see Martin Odegaard playing in that position. I think he's been in good form lately, arguably better form than Emil Smith-Rowe. And, you know, when you think about the injury concerns with regards to... Um, to uh, Emil Smith-Rowe and the fact that he's broken down uh, so frequently. I think that Odegaard has to play in this one. On the right-hand side, this man walks straight back into the team, having been rested against Leicester, and that is Bukayo Saka. And I think on the other side, uh, this man, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, should also walk straight back into the team. Going for the front man, I'm going to go with Alexander Lacazette because I think his hold-up play is 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 better, it's stronger. I think he'll be required to probably play with his back to goal. I expect Burnley to set up with a very low block, uh, sit deep. I don't think there'll be much space in behind, but I want Aubameyang's goal threat on the pitch. And so taking all of that into consideration, I think Lacquer's the right man to lead the line. A little bit harsh on Willian because he's played really, really well lately. A little bit harsh on, on Nicolas Pepe as well, who probably hasn't put a foot wrong in recent weeks. But that's the 11 I would go with. And of course, what that does is it means that there are a number of players who remain fresh ahead of Thursday's game against Olympiacos. The reality of the situation we find ourselves in this season is that there are going to have to be changes every single week. There is going to be rotation every single week. And the great thing about this Arsenal side right now is that you look at some of those positions and you do have to think about who you would play. You know, at right back, do you play Cedric or Bellerin? I don't think anybody would have had any objections if I put Cedric in that team. You know, at centre-back, you've got Gabriel, you've got Rob Holding, neither of whom are in that starting lineup. You move into the midfield, Danny Ceballos could quite easily come in and deputise for one of those guys. Emil Smith-Rowe could come in for Odegaard. I've talked about William and Pepe, who could come in on either flank. The only position... I think that we're we're not as uh, strong in in terms of rotation would be centre forward. Um, that's assuming that Aubameyang is not seen as one, uh, because if he is, then obviously it's between him and Lacazette. But beyond that, you know, we don't really have much in the likes of of Enketia, um, in my opinion, who, who can come in and do a real solid job. So that's my starting lineup, as I said, uh, for the game against Burnley. Let me just run for it one more time for those of you in particular listening on the audio. It's Leno in goal, Bellerin, Louise, Pablo Marie, Tierney in the defence. The midfield is Partey and Xhaka with Martin Erdogan in the number 10 position. Aubameyang from the left, Saka from the right and Alexander Lacazette uh, will play in the middle for me. So that is my starting 11 to face Burnley at Turf Moor 
at 12.30 on Saturday. Now, don't forget, we'll be bringing you a live watch along of that game right here on the Chronicles of Aguna channel. And if you're interested in supporting us by becoming a member, you can do so by clicking the link in the description. Also, this podcast is currently sponsored by Manscaped.com. So if you're in need of some tools uh, to keep your grooming uh, as it should be, particularly with the end of lockdown in sight, you're going to start getting out and about again, then uh, head over to manscaped.com. Check out their fantastic products and using our discount code, which is 90min20, you can find it in the description, 90min20, you will be able to get 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. So um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, that would be my team, Leno Bellerin, Louise, Marie, Tierney, Xhaka, Partey, Saka, Odegaard, Aubameyang and Lacazette. Um, in terms of my prediction, I'm going to go with an Arsenal win because I'm feeling optimistic. Burnley's record against the big sides this season hasn't been great. Um, he says that now and they'll probably um, they'll probably turn in the performance of the season. But what I would say is... Are we still a big side in the, in the context of this season? Maybe not. Uh, so maybe that, that doesn't bode well for us. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I'm going for an Arsenal win and I'm going to go for a 1-0 to the Arsenal. That is my prediction. Famous old result. 1-0 to the Arsenal. Get your predictions in the live chat and I'll pick out a few of those uh, before we wrap up today's stream. It's not a long stream uh, this evening. Not as long as normal, uh, just due to uh, work, partly work commitments and partly because it's Friday night. And um, yeah, looking to, forward to chilling out ahead of a, a big weekend of football. Lots of coverage coming your way right here on the Chronicles of Aguna. As I said, live watch along. Uh, the review show will come on Sunday uh, because I'll be shooting straight off to work after the game. Um, so we'll bring you the review show on Sunday late morning and then we'll probably bring you another show in the evening as well uh, which will be the fans phone in so if you're interested in taking part in that make sure you dm me at chronicles underscore afc but details in terms of the time and everything else will be available closer uh, to the time Uh, let's see some of your predictions here Saeed Abdullah has gone with uh, 3-0 to the Arsenal um Chris Pantelli says he would personally bring on Oberparte and Sackham later on in the game. He says 2-1 to the Arsenal on Thursday. Arsenal 2, Olympiacos 0. How many times are you going to put us against Olympiacos, man? I think you meant 2-1 against Burnley and then 2-0 against Olympiacos. 3-1 against Spurs and then a 2-1 win in the second leg against Olympiacos. I'm assuming uh, is what you meant there. Um... What else have we got in terms of your predictions? Uh, uh, the chat box is completely updated. Did I give you this one already? Yep, 3-0 from Saeed Abdullah. Alex McCarthy says 1-0 Arsenal. Saka with the goal. Omar says 2-0 Arsenal. He says he's confident. Xander's gone 3-0 Arsenal. He's even gone as far as naming the goal scorers. Pepe, Aubameyang and Saka. Um, Omar says you wouldn't start Cedric Harry. No, I wouldn't. Um partly because Cedric has played way too much football um, lately for me. You know, I know he's not broken down and he's he's done a really good job, but Bellerin was completely rested um, at the weekend. And, um, you know, then, then there's a case to bring Cedric back in on Thursday. But no, I, I just think Cedric's played a lot of football. He's had to fill in at right back at times when Bellerin's been rotated, but he's also had to deputise at left back when Kieran Tierney's not been available. So if you look at it, 
over the last sort of nine, ten games, Cedric has played a lot of football and I think he needs a bit of a breather. Uh, Steffi would also uh, replace Bellerin with uh, Suarez. Gunatel's gone 2-0 to the Arsenal. Um, Brett Huffman would also like to see Cedric back in. He says, we'd like to see Cedric back in at right back. Ober up top, Pepe on the left. Mainly just want to see Pepe given a run of games. It's hard to leave out Laka though. Having inform attackers is obviously a good thing. Yeah, agreed. Um... P Cakes Forever says, I think 2-1 Arsenal. Don't think we have a clean sheet in us, though. Looking at recent games, watch out for those early goals. We need to show up ready. Agreed. Um, Alex says, maybe one of those games where Arsenal won't forcefully play at top gear. Some heads may look at Thursday night. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, we really need to improve on our league position. That's the bottom line. You know, we can't afford to be mid-table. And... um, you know, it only takes one bad night for you to crash out of the Europa League and then ultimately Mikel Arteta's season will be judged, won't it, on where he finishes in the Premier League. So I think he's got to he's got to try and maintain focus on both at this moment in time. Even if we're not going to finish in the top six, even if we're not going to, uh, you know, qualify for the Champions League via the league route, there has to be um, a, an attempt, an effort to improve on what is currently an unacceptable league position. Uh, Brett Huffman says 2-0 to the Arsenal. Uh, Brad Richardson says 2-0 to the Arsenal. He's feeling an Erdegaard goal. Um, Gunatel says Bellerin not committed now. Bin him off, same as Balogun. Double standards otherwise. (laughs) Like this, this whole Bellerin debate, right? I mean... He considered, we've learnt that he apparently considered moving on um, last summer. And he was talked out of doing it um, by Mikel Arteta. So obviously Mikel Arteta wants him around the place. Obviously Mikel Arteta wants to keep him at the club. What I would say is there's been nothing in Hector Bellerin's performances that suggests to me that he's not committed. Um, You know, maybe in his mind he's looking at moving on elsewhere. But, you know, these are professionals and and unless I like to think that 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 word professionalism is applied at all times. And and as I say, I've been given no indication based on watching Bellerin this season that he's not committed. I'd argue that at times he's not been good enough, but that's been the case throughout his Arsenal career. It's not a new thing. So I don't necessarily think the rumours linking him with a move away are particularly damaging or particularly impactful on his level of performance I think you're you're getting what you get from Hector Bellerin Um, (laughs) I know you're you're kind of saying it tongue-in-cheek like the the whole bin him off same as Balogun otherwise it's double standards the difference here is that one has been a a loyal servant to Arsenal for many many years and has performed um, in the first team for many many years is is being touted by the likes of Paris Saint-Germain and Barcelona and the other one is a kid who's never proved himself um done a couple of decent bits and pieces in the Europa League against very very weak opposition but that's about it so the two for me are worlds apart in terms of where they are in their footballing careers and that's why my treatment of the two would be different if I'm honest um, Josh has gone 2-0 to the Arsenal. Ekene says this will be a low block. I wouldn't play Oba. He can't pass. But he's still gone with 3-0 to the Arsenal. And he says Laka, Pepe and Saka will be the goal scorers. Um, Arsenal 17 says, what about giving Holding another match break for Louise? I just think that Louise has made himself so important. He's a bit like Granit Xhaka at the moment, whereby... 
he's so important to the team and he's obviously important because he is seen by the boss as a leader like Xhaka is, uh, like the likes of Bellerin are, like Aubameyang is. And and I think that the manager will continue with David Luiz. And I, and I think David Luiz is in good enough shape uh, to recover um, between Sunday and uh, between Saturday and Thursday. So um, I'm not too worried about it at this stage. Um, but I understand where you're coming from. And, and, I, and I do feel like Rob Holding's been a little bit unlucky, right? Because he had a decent spell in the team. But David Luiz has just been on another level lately. And, and I think David Luiz at his best is, is far better than Rob Holding at his best. And, um, you know, you've got to talk about balance in the team as well. When Rob Holding established himself a little bit earlier on in the season, we were talking about the fact that he had established himself as the right centre-back. But with Pablo Marie and Gabriel available now, that right centre-back position is very much between David Luiz and Rob Holding. And right now there's only one winner of that contest for me. Uh, Chris Pantelli has gone 2-1 to the Arsenal and he's gone with Odegaard and Marie as the goal scorers. Mr. George has uh, gone with 3-1 to the Arsenal. Um, I love this one from Xander. Uh, if Bellerin scored the winner in the EFL final, then left, could he be considered a legend? Absolutely for me. Uh, but I know that comment will boil a lot of piss in the live chat. Um, Brett Huffman says, would you want to sell Bellerin and bring in a new right back? I, I think it's probably the right time to sell Hector Bellerin for a number of reasons, not just because of his performance, but because of the fact that he is, you know, the age he's at still can command the fee for him. Obviously, we know there's interest and um, he's one of the sellable assets that we have, but he's not so good, Hector Bellerin, that you can't replace him. You know, I always say it when Cedric comes in, I don't think the standard of the team drops whatsoever. And because of that, then I'll be, I'm tempted to sell him. But the right money's got to be on the table. Um, you know, he's got a couple of years left on his contract after this one, and it would feel like the best time to get the maximum value from for Hector Bellerin. So, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly consider it, um, but the money's got to be right. But if it is, you won't see me crying over Hector Bellerin. Um, but I do have, I would say, more respect from him than the average Arsenal fan does, which is a shame. Um, but it, it's just the way it is. You know, he's, a, he's a, a character that seems to divide opinion. What irritates me is that a lot of that opinion is based on what he does off of the field. And that shouldn't be uh, part of the debate. But anyway, um, so that's uh, that's where we're at ahead of the game against Burnley. As I said, come join me tomorrow for the watch along uh, live from 12.15. Be covering that big game at Turf Moor. Quickly run you through the team once more, the team that I've selected. Remember, this is the team I would select, not necessarily the team that Mikel Arteta is going to select. So I don't want a bunch of DMs telling me that I got it wrong. This is the team that I would go with, and it's Bernardo in goal. Hector Bellerin at right back. David Luiz and Pablo Marie will be the central defensive pairing with Kieran Tierney at left back. In midfield, I've gone for the double pivot of Granit Xhaka and Thomas Partey with Martin Erdogan playing ahead of them in the number 10 position. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang from the left, Bukayo Saka from the right and Alexander Lacazette will lead the line. So that is my starting lineup. And I've gone for the famous old 1-0 to the Arsenal. 
Quick reminder, this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped.com. Head over to the website, click the link in the description below and enter our discount code, which is 90min20 to get 20% off your order as well as free shipping. If you fancy supporting the channel and getting access to some extra content, uh, you can become a member by clicking on the link in the description. And uh, as well as doing all of those things, it would be very much appreciated if you would smash the like button. It only takes a second, doesn't cost a thing, but really, really helps the channel. So thank you in advance for your support. Right, going to leave it there. That concludes our uh, review of the financial report and a brief look ahead to the game against Burnley. Uh, As I said, plenty more Arsenal content coming in your direction over the course of the weekend. So uh, until then, enjoy your Friday nights. Have a good one and we'll speak soon. Cheers. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.